Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Yeah, this is new. Shout out to everybody. Uh, looking for D'Lo and KC. D'Lo and KC will be here at 2 o'clock. Uh, they are doing something today. They're grinding tape. Getting ready for the second half of the Kings. Something like that. They're a high-level meeting of sorts. Yeah, that's definitely what's happening. Yes. I think that's... I, don't know. I, I think that's where we're at. I like to think that they're in the lab. You, okay. I'm going to do something, though. Hang on. I Bear with me. I'm trying to... Uh, here we go. For those of you looking for D'Lo and Casey, uh, I've got you here. I'm Kyle Madsen. The no mover in God mode himself. That's James Ham. Acknowledge Hi. me. Gotta go. Gotta go. Yes, sir. Yes, no? sir. Oh, Jesse just texted me. Oh no. Except for I don't hear anything. Oh, you didn't hear it. Oh, I see. No, okay. that's the problem. <laughs> oh, whoops. Oh man. Thanks, Jesse. I was muted on the stream. All right. I hope everybody heard our things. Are we back now? No, we're back for sure. We've been live on the radio. Uh, that's James. I'm Kyle. We are hanging out till 2 o'clock in case you're on the stream and you missed that. Um, we are in for D-Lo and Casey until 2. D-Lo and Casey will be here at 2, and they will take you up to 4 o'clock. Wait. And then tomorrow, everything will be back to normal. James and I will be 10 to noon. D-Lo and Casey, 2 to 4, noon to 4, and that's how it's going to go. Yeah. I just wanted to push the buttons that uh, D-Lo pushes. <laughs> okay, Lake Show. Oh, I can I can do that one for the stream. Okay, Lake Show. I also the stream didn't hear this one. Didn't hear the the ultimate needle mover in God mode himself. Acknowledge me. There you go. There, you go. there it is. Now we're ready to go. We're ready now to go ready. in the new hour. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do this. King Spurs tonight. I messed up again. The thing we just talked about. Yeah, I messed it up again. Of course you. That's have. fine. We'll yep. we'll fix it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's my first time doing a radio show. What do you want? Um, <laughs> we talked a lot about Keegan Murray earlier. We have not talked at all about Demonis Sabonis. No, and it's partly because Demonis Sabonis has been such a has been such a steady force for the Kings. Mm-hmm. 
that I don't feel the need to, because I know I don't have to sit here. If I was doing a national radio show, I would feel way more obligated to sit down and be like, hey, here's what Demonis Sabonis has done this year. Here's what he's been doing. Here's why it matters. Everybody should be taking notice of this. I know that nobody listening to this needs to hear about how good Demonis Sabonis is. We all know. I know it. You know it. Everybody in the chatty house knows it. We got, we got it. And that's why it's weird. Like, he's been as good as he's been this year. Bonafide MVP candidate, at least for me. And doing things night in and night out that it's like, hey, here's the last player to do this. Wilt Chamberlain in 1968. Every night. <laughs> and so I, I don't, I, well, I feel bad because I feel like we should be talking about him more, but I don't, it, it, it's, it's at the point, I don't know, I don't know what to say. Like, we know that, okay, we know that you're going to get an awesome Domas performance night in and night out, and that's what it's going to be. The issue is, is that that hasn't mattered because of all the other stuff that's going on that we have talked about. Yeah, I totally get it. I mean, I'll just say this. He's the most consistent player I've ever covered in 14 years. There's no one else who every single game you expect a double-double, and in most games you expect a triple-double. There, there's not, and I, I don't think, like, because he's so consistently great, it gets ignored, and I, I, I don't want to get to a point, Kyle, where we do just, like, gloss over his greatness, <coughs> and we ignore the fact that he's one of the best basketball players in the world. Sure. I, I think get, too I often get, it happens, though. No, I totally, I, I, I understand, and that's where, I don't think, it's not necessarily glossing over it. Mm-hmm. It is, and we can we can do a deep dive. You put the numbers there, and we can dive into them. But it's just he's he's been incredible this season. Yeah, you have this note here that I think is is unbelievable. Most assists per game by a rebounding leader in NBA history. Yes. So the person leading the league in rebounds, their assists per game. Wilt Chamberlain in 1968, eight point six. Domas this year, eight point three. <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain. 7.8 in 1967, and then Domana Sabonis last season at 7.3. It's crazy. It's And it's night in and night out. It is not, oh, yeah, hey, some nights he has 15 assists, some nights he has three. No. Some nights he has 25 rebounds, sometimes he has six. Like, nah, man, it is just mark him down 20, 14, and 11 and go from there. The, the, the thing is, is, I don't mean to gloss over it. It's just that, okay, that's established. We know what we're getting. And when we're having a larger conversation about the Kings, I can't, I feel unjustified looking at the second half of this year and going, how do the Kings get back to their identity? How do the Kings get back to a point where, hey, over these next 28, they go 19 and nine or they go 20 and eight? Mm-hmm. I don't feel justified in going like, well, they just need more from Domas. I have my gripes with him with him uh, offensively here and there, for sure. There are times I would like to see him be more aggressive, but that's like, yeah, hey, in, in spots where like a team tries to go small, and we've seen him do that. We've seen him make that adjustment. So I don't, I don't, I, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and go like, well, I need 30, 18, and 14 from Domas, actually. That's yeah. crazy. That's ridiculous. And I think, I mean, if anything, maybe if he took like 1.5 shots more per game, you would be preferably from three. You'd be more comfortable. Well, yep. no, I, I mean, but even if you figure it out, like he's mm. as a player, he's shooting like sixty-three percent, whatever. So mm-hmm. you're looking at like point nine points more per game is what he'd average. 
maybe a little bit more. Like this is like a, a player who is doing things that realistically we, we haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And you can say, well, Jokic is doing it. Well, I don't know that Jokic is doing it in this same exact way. You brought up the, the rebounding numbers. On this season, he has six games out of 54 where he hasn't had 10 boards. <laughs> and of those six games, two of them he had nine, three of them he had eight, and one he had five. And the one he had five, it, it was a, a bad loss to the Clippers, and he sat early. And you can almost do the same thing with assists, right? He's got 10 or more assists in 21 games this season, but like the numbers are just incredible, man. And it like scoring, it's the same thing. He doesn't he has a, a bad game every once in a while. You know, he's got a nine point and eight point game this season, but seventeen or more in thirty eight of the Kings games. Jeez. Thirty eight of the game. He's got seventeen or more. Like he's just so incredibly consistent. And we talked about it. We're not talking about writing something down in pencil or writing something down in pen. We're talking about like etching it on a trophy. Mm-hmm. Like he is he these are the numbers he's going to give you every night. Mm-hmm. Where Mike Brown walks into the night going, my team is going to play at a mid to high level playoff team every night because I have this guy. Mm-hmm. And then the other players around him, you need to keep getting better and better. Right. So you can be great. But this guy is going to carry you to a playoff seed every year. It, it to me it's wild. And I think that's what's glaring about like the things we've talked about earlier is they have a they have a player who's been this productive. And frankly, I know De'Aaron Fox hasn't been at his at his peak, but he's still been a really good player. And it's like, man, they have these two guys and they are still sitting here in a spot where after fifty four games we're like, eh. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Like that's <laughs> that's kinda wild. Like you shouldn't have a play. And here's the it is, now I'm let's see this is what this is what I didn't want to do I didn't want to fall into the rabbit hole but now now we're doing it, um, Sabonis this season by month, seventeen point seven points in October, uh, then eighteen point nine twenty point three twenty point eight twenty one point eight, just gotten a little better every month. The rebounding has been um, fifteen ten point nine thirteen point one fourteen and a half fourteen four which is ridiculous yeah but then it's this five seven seven two eight two nine ten three. He's averaging 10.3 in the month of February. 21.8, 14.4, 10.3. Those Average, are his... A triple-double. Points, rebounds, assists in February. In eight games in February. That's wild. It's crazy. He's that... He's he's so freaking good. What I want to know is what the heck happens to him on... Hang on, I'm trying to I'm trying to do a funny. Hang on. Uh, I want to know what the heck happens to Domas on Saturdays, where he's only averaging 15.8, 12.5, and 7.2. It's not Saturday, Kyle. What is the problem with Saturdays? What happens on Friday night? Yeah. Is the question. Just Kyle. out getting after it, only averaging <laughs> 16, 13, and 7 on Saturdays. That's the real problem with this team. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Amazing. I love the idea that Domash just stinks on Saturdays. Well, and I, I, <laughs> I also, the one thing I, I will, I'll mention real quickly, I love the fact that the Kings locked him up. And he's not going anywhere. And we're not embroiled in the middle of a will the Kings be able to retain Demonis Sabonis this summer conversation. They they were able to uh, give him a pay, pay increase. Mm-hmm. And then they were able to extend him out. And he's going to be your Sacramento Kings center for the next five years at a minimum. It, yeah. It's really, really uh, like 
that's something that would have completely derailed the season. If you were having this up and down season and Sabonis was a potential free agent this summer, look at how much different this season would look. Oh my God, it would be a, a day in, day out conversation for us. Yeah, brutal. But alas, it's not. Um, all right, let's start looking ahead. We we got uh, we got Kings Spurs tonight. We'll continue our big picture look, but we got to look ahead to tonight's game against the San Antonio Spurs, and then we will also uh, we need to take a look around the West as well mm. because the West is going to be uh, really really tight down the stretch. And uh, where do the Kings fit into that big picture? We will discuss that. Coming up on the Insiders, we're hanging out with you till 2 today. We're handing it off to D'Lo and Casey right here on ESPN 1320. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Hello, welcome back into the Insiders. I forgot to put us in program one. That All makes right. it go out over the air. Uh, that's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. If you're looking for D'Lo and Casey, they will be here at 2 o'clock. This is not a permanent thing. Uh, James and I are 10 to noon, but we're holding it down from noon to 2 today. D'Lo and Casey are in the lab grinding film, getting ready for the second half of the Kings season. So that's what's going on. Appreciate you guys for hanging out with us. Yes. Uh, Kings Spurs tonight. We will dive into that in a bit as I continue to uh, botch that, but it's fine. Um I go back to the Demonis Sabonis discussion we were just having. And it's one of the... I don't want to say... like I, I get not issues. It's not an issue. It's one of my concerns about the team long-term. Is that... Or this this group of players long-term. Because you have a player that... I, I, I Regardless of what the last month or two has looked like... I'm still a firm believer in in De'Aaron Fox as a one on a title team. Mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm I'm on board. Demonis Sabonis is is 
as good of a number two on a title team as as you're going to find. And the fact that the fact that I say number two on a title team is like second best player, not necessarily number two score. I think that's where that typically yeah. goes. So when you say, "Oh, that guy's a that guy's a two on a title," that's like the second score. I don't think that's going to be Domas's role. But anyway, second best player. Okay. That that foundation in its second full season together has begotten a, a lateral move at, at best and a, and a backward step at, at worst in year two together. Not necessarily those two, but this group of players, I mean. That tells me there's something like fundamentally wrong with the roster. Okay, so I understand where you're going because, I mean, it's something that we talk about all the time. I when I don't think that there... I think there are so many different ways you can build a roster around Domata Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. especially if both of those players like magically wave a wand and fix their two issues. They're, they're, they both had the same issue that you worried about if they're playing together. It's that neither one of them were great three-point shooters. Now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Demonis is shooting 42-point-something and De'Aaron Fox is shooting 38% from three. Mm-hmm. That's just, just not a conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about this a little bit in the past. Like Building a team around LeBron James and Anthony Davis, it should be simple and the Lakers can't figure it out. Building a a roster around Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving is like nearly impossible. It, it I mean, building a, a like a full rotation around Luka is by itself, not even with Kyrie. And Kyrie's the wrong fit to go with him. But it's just really, really difficult. But you can fully see the path forward with with Demonis and with mm-hmm. De'Aaron. You just need tweaks, and that's it's it's a way that basketball works. The team that you start with is not the team that you get to the championship with. Rarely do you draft five, let's let's say seven guys, eight guys over a three year period, and that becomes like your championship team, and no one else is part of it. That's your core, and that's it. Like I, I would say, even the Golden State Warriors championship, their dynasty, because it was yeah, it's a full fledged dynasty in my opinion. The, you know, anytime you win four championships over like a six-year, seven-year window, mm-hmm. you're you're a dynasty in in my book, right? Okay. The fact that they were able to build it with with Steph, with Clay, with uh, with Draymond is incredible, and the you know even some of the other guys that they've they brought along like Looney, like these aren't guys that they drafted that they helped build, right? But in order for them to have a couple of those championships. They did have to go dabble in it in a totally different world with bringing mm-hmm. in Kevin Durant. Like that's what it takes to go from from great to dynasty. So the Kings are still trying to get from good to great, mm-hmm. and, and they're on that path. But you can see that the path here isn't. It doesn't just like go straight up the hill. It's going to have some zigs and some zags, and you got to figure it out. And that's why, like, sometimes I am harsh on the fact that, that they didn't make a, a splash in the offseason. They didn't make a splash at the deadline. People can say, well, you're not giving them enough time. And it's like, well, yeah, that's, that's true. I'm not. But at the same time, I'm a guy who talks on the radio and who writes. 
mm-hmm. and who watches a lot of basketball, I can tell you that this team is flawed. I can tell you that they were flawed last year and I could at the deadline and I could tell you that they were flawed walking into this season. Mm-hmm. And there's there's certain things that you have to have for this team to take the next step. And now we're starting to hear, okay, like this is where we're going. If we're going to take the next step, the Kings are going to focus not on another scorer. They're going to focus on more defensive-minded players, more 3 and D type players. Okay. That was always the path. Mm-hmm. It was always the path forward. And unfortunately, that means that, that some people who are part of the organization right now, part of this rotation, part of the core of the team, mm-hmm. won't be part of the core down the road, mm-hmm. whether it's this summer or it's a trade deadline the next year mm-hmm. or after that. But that doesn't change the fact that I think that you have at least three of your main pieces of mm-hmm. what could be a championship contending team. Yeah. You just need the other pieces. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy. And it's, it's a, that's why bas- not everyone gets to draft a, you know, the number one pick in the draft who ends up being a, a superstar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not everybody got gets a Victor Women Yama on their roster. Boy. So you, you got to build around however you got to build. You got to build around it. And look what the Spurs get to do again. Like, they're just an example. The Spurs get Victor Wimanyama this year, but now they're still bad. So when you get a superstar, they, everyone in the league, everyone in the world knows that Wimanyama is going to be like a generational talent superstar. Mm-hmm. But you also are going to be bad this year, and you're probably going to be bad next year. Mm-hmm. And in that time, you're going to add maybe the other two pieces right. that you need to put this thing together. Mm-hmm. And you can have guys like Keldon Johnson and guys like Devin Vassell on the team now. But when Victor Wimanyama wins championships, those guys may be like a long gone, long gone right. from this picture, and that's just the dynamics of basketball. The the fact that the Kings uh, are building, they're they're a little bit further along in their build, and as far as age, with Fox being twenty six and and Sabonis almost being twenty eight, that just means that your timeline is different, and the Kings need to build for now. They they don't get to wait to develop these players. They've got to move forward, and that's why. They also have only worked on developing realistically Keegan Murray over the last couple of years. I want to put a pin. In, I want to put a pin in the women Yama and Spurs stuff. We'll we'll talk about them in a second. But I almost think I'm. I almost think <laughs> that it is more difficult to do. We always talk about going good to great, right, and how mm-hmm. hard that step is versus bad to good. I think that also goes for roster construction. I almost think it's it's more difficult if you're Sacramento, if you're the Lakers or I know the Knicks have had their struggles, but the Knicks or the Celtics or one of these these big market teams, I think it's a little different. And and in recent years, or the, even the Warriors, like a Miami, uh, Miami, another one, yeah, where where players are like, yeah, I want to go play there. If you're if you're Sacramento or and there's there's more teams like Sacramento than not in the league when it when it comes to this, but it's almost like the act of building your core was okay you get De'Aaron Fox with the fifth pick and then you get uh Tyrese Halliburton and you hit on that pick but then trade him for a more complimentary piece to Fox mm-hmm. and then you have another what was King Murray five four 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 uh Murray goes four and now you have your core but now Building around that is where this becomes, I think, more difficult. Because as we sit here and we talk about 
Okay, what do they need? We've talked about Demonis Sabonis and how do you build around him. Okay, De'Aaron Fox, he's going to be your offensive focal point. Okay, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Keegan Murray, is he going to be that defensive stopper and, and wing three or is he going to be that secondary creator? And now you're trying to fix and add pieces while they're trying to figure out exactly what Keegan Murray is and exactly does Kevin Herter fit and does Harrison Barnes fit and is Malik Monk a, a long-term... Uh, piece for this team it's like trying to figure out the build around that is more difficult or will be more difficult for Sacramento than the actual building of that foundation okay I don't think I don't know that that's the case I mean to take them to the next level to take them to a championship level yeah right I say I say this because let me I I, I didn't get where I wanted to go I'm sorry that's my fault I talked myself in a circle because it feels like their means of a- acquiring a a player or two that is going to be like, hey, that's that dude, is either a player like Kessler Edwards, who who they get for nothing, who just develops, or they hit on a late draft pick, or they they finagle some some other trade. No, I, the the path forward for the Kings is always. Trading, yeah, that, that's always a path. And that, that's where I, that's where I think it's going to be really difficult to supplement this this group. Okay, so I don't I don't fully agree because okay. I here's the thing: like we've talked about this so many times, right? I was such an advocate for the Kings going out and getting Matisse Thybul at the deadline last year, and I believe that Matisse Thybul is is a guy that that would have been there to help defend Steph. In yes. Game Seven, and it, right, but in all honesty, I I don't think that like if you're building a championship roster and you have the pieces that you have in that you have in place right now, like Matisse Stiebel is not good enough to take you to the next level. Mm-hmm. I agree, you need three and D guys, but you need better three and D players than that. Like Thibel is a nice player to have, mm-hmm. but Thibel is a eight, nine, ten on a championship roster. He's not a a, a five, six, seven, yes. eight. I don't, you know, if he's, I think you mean eight. Okay, maybe. But y- your point is well taken. And so, you got to find players that are better than that. Mm-hmm. And that's it's not easy. Really tough. No, it, it's it is tough, and that's why the Kings went and chased a Pascal Siakam or an OG mm-hmm. Ananobi because those are players that fit in mm-hmm. and instantly make you a better team. Mm-hmm. But I still think that that the flexibility of the roster, the way that they've built this roster, where Again, Keegan Murray can play the three or the four. And, you know, Malik Monk can be your one or your two off the bench. You know, they have they have flexibility with, like, sort of who their core guys are. That you can go out in this offseason, and, and I've talked about it. Like, the player they're missing right now, it, it's not Peja Stoyakovich. That's Keegan Murray. It's not uh, Chris Weber, uh, because Chris Weber on this team is really, it's De'Aaron Fox. It's not Vlade Divac. That player is Demontis Sabonis. Mm-hmm. It's the Doug Christie's of the world. Right. It's the guys who come in and glue it all together and piece the whole thing together. And and it's not a knock on Kevin Herter or on on Harrison Barnes. They just aren't that player. They they're versions of they they can do things that that matter and that help this team win. But at the end of the day, they aren't the players that you need to to tie everything. You know, I always yeah. like with baseball. 
you're always looking for a catalyst player. Yeah. You know, like for me, Jose Altuve is the best catalyst player that we've seen. Well, probably since Derek Jeter. And mm -hmm. I'm not a Derek Jeter fan, but Derek Jeter, you put in the middle of that lineup and he can do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to be solid, but he's a guy mm -hmm. that ties the whole offense together, ties defense. It's the same mm -hmm. thing with Altuve. The Kings need that type of player that ties it all together. And basically, you gave it a shot with Chris Duarte. Chris Duarte has some goals that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. It just, that's not the guy. So the the goal moving forward is to keep searching for guys like, mm -hmm. and, and keep building this thing out. Then it's a bunch of 3 and D guys. That's it. Just yeah. as many 3 and D guys. And we could talk about, like, if they could get Mikhail, okay. Yeah. That, that's the, not happening. Right. That'd be yeah. the ultimate, but I don't think that's... It's I don't not. think that's happening. No, yeah. it's not happening. They're not giving him, no. a, and that's just not happening. As badly as I want to dive into the baseball catalyst conversation that you just brought up, yeah. I'm going to not. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll put a pin in that for another day. Right. That's James. I'm Kyle. Uh, let's talk Kings Spurs. Tip-off is at 7 tonight. The Kings back at home after the All-Star break. Uh, the All-Star week, week off, the week. The week Something away. like that. The All-Star week away. I feel I'm calling it the All-Star breaks a baseball thing. So I'm calling it the All-Star week off. The All-Star vacation. I've always called it the All-Star break, but I'm here <laughs> for it, Kyle. It is a break for All-Star festivities. So by definition, it is an All-Star break. We need to like uh, like brainstorm this. You know, we mm -hmm. storyboard it and find a way to create a new term yeah. for the NBA All-Star. I mean, because they used to call it All-Star weekend, mm -hmm. but now it's bigger than a weekend. Right. So... Um, Demonis Sabonis doubtful with an illness. De'Aaron Fox not on the injury report. Kind of, kind of feels like Sabonis is going to play. Uh, there's rumor that he was at shoot around this morning and that he went through shoot around, and that's a good sign. That's a really good sign. If you're sick and you're at shoot around, I can't imagine that he wouldn't play at that point. Well, it, it's just a matter of like, what does he look like after shoot around, and and how sure. does he respond, and sure. like. Knowing Sabonis, uh, number one, he hasn't missed a game all season. Right. And what he missed last year, one or two. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's despite the fact of having an avulsion fracture, uh, mm -hmm. fracture in his right thumb. And the fact that he can get out of bed and, and get in there into the gym is a big deal. But also, Sabonis is a nor notorious napper. And Who among us? Uh, I'm a big-time napper, too. I, I, I love a good nap uh, in the afternoon. But uh, my point is kind of that He's going to know a lot more. He's going to wake up from his nap, and he'll know right away if he's going to be able to. If he's going to be able to go or not. Like this I is... feel that in my bones, dude. Yeah, I'm going to wake up from this nap and let you know if I. Hey, Kyle, we're going out tonight. You going to come? Eh, give me. Let a me nap. hit this nap. Let me hit this nap. Let me. I'll hit you. I'll circle back. That's right. Let me circle back after 20 minutes down. Uh, Victor Wembanyama coming to town. Zach Golden won center tonight. Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, hang on. I, I do want to note. That Please. Sabonis has been upgraded to questionable from doubtful. Great. On the injury report. And, of course, Sasha Vizenkov is out. Right. I'd be shocked if he didn't play. I would be, too. Um, Victor Womanyama. 20 and a half points, 10 rebounds, 3.2 assists, 3.2 blocks, and 1.1 steal. Steals? Steals per game as a 20-year-old rookie. Can I run through something real quick? Yep. While we talk about Victor Womanyama? Every player who's ever averaged 20 points, 10 boards, and three blocks in a season, even once, is in the Hall of Fame. Wow. Yeah. It is Hakeem Olajuwon, who did it like nine times. David Robinson, 
Kareem, Alonzo Mourning, Patrick Ewing, Shaquille O'Neal, Elvin Hayes, Bob Lanier, and Bob McAdoo. Hmm. Those are the only players who have done what Victor Wembanyama is doing this year as a 20-year-old rookie. I know the hype isn't probably the same as when LeBron James made his NBA debut in Sacramento. Like, that was a event. Yes. And Victor Wembanyama has played more than half a season, and the team is 11-44, and 44, and so some of the hype has kind of died. But the Victor Wembanyama thing is very, very, very real. Oh, man. He is outstanding. He's a unicorn. Like in he's all a of one of ways, one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Everything he was supposed to be, he just is. And he's not, he's not, I mean, he's his shooting percentages are not good. He's shooting 46.8% from the field, which is fine, but he's 32% from three. He's 81.1% from the free throw line. I think that I think there was an expectation that he would shoot it, fill it up from three a little a little more consistently. And I think we'll we'll see that as he as he learns the game. It's getting stronger. Yeah. That's the biggest yeah, thing. He's yeah, just, I mean, you got to remember that they did not have him lift weights mm-hmm. at all. Like growing up, he he is not right. right now. Is when he's starting to get into. I would assume where they're starting to push him and, and have him start yeah. getting stronger in a way in you know in U.S. basketball way. Mm-hmm. Up until this point, like it's been stretching, it's been yoga, it's been calisthenics. Like they've they've really worked to take him because they knew from the time he was very young that he was special. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, no, no, no. We're going to build you the right way, mm-hmm. right, to make sure your body mechanics are right before we start having you try to gain a, a bunch of weight, uh, like right. hitting the weight room. Yeah. So I love what they're doing, and I love that he's he's already this good, but they're also – they have him on a path, mm-hmm. and it's a very strict path. Mm-hmm. And I want to I, – I can't wait to see what he looks like in like three years. Oh, my gosh. It's just – I don't even know how to project out because 2010 three and three is nuts. Oh, it's like crazy. that by itself is, is really, really good. And he's 20. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see not only a, to, to see him in person at, at golden one center, but I'm, I'm also fascinated to see over the next just couple of years, how he continues to develop. And is it one of those things where, yeah, he kind of hit a ceiling in his rookie year and he was really good the rest of his career or is he going to wind up as a 30 and 15 and six with four blocks a game guy, mm. which I feel like is on the table. I fully feel like that's on the <laughs> that's table. So no, I mean, I feel like it's on the table. Like I just project <laughs> him out. I mean, Kyle, I, his per 36 numbers as a rookie. What are they? 26, 12.7, <laughs> four assists, 1.4 steals and four blocks. Chet Holmgren right now is uh, 17, I'm, I'm going to round up a little bit, because yep. he's 16.7, 17 points, uh, eight boards, three assists, and two and a half blocks a game. And how old is that Chet? In, Chet's 21. Yeah. That in any other year is like, wow, runaway rookie of the year. Yes. What a player. Yep. And he's just an afterthought. I'm, well, I, I got to... Th- and this guy's living up to it. He is. He's that's li- the crazy. Thing. He's living up to it, Kyle. And that's, that's why I, I love it. I'm so, really excited to watch. And I'll I'll keep saying this, people out there. If you're hanging out and you're looking at this evening, and you think, you know what, I could probably break away. Yeah. I could probably take my kid to a game mm-hmm. tonight. Take your kid to go see Victor Wembanyama in his rookie season. Yep. Because what he's going to be and what he is today, holy cow, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. This is going to be one of the legends of the game. Barring some catastrophic injury, some some failure of the body, mm-hmm. he is going to be one of the greatest players we've ever seen. Yes. And again, a straight-up unicorn, a one-of-one, one, something that we have not ever seen before. Mm-hmm. That's it. Go see him in his rookie year. And um, yeah. cherish that memory forever. It's probably going to be something stuff. a little different. It'll yeah. be something a little different. Uh, anybody else on the Spurs worth watching? Yeah, I mean, I like Devin Vassell as Devin a player. Devin Vassell can play. Okay, and and I he's do a like, nineteen four and four this year. I, I like Keldon Johnson. He's uh, okay. Keldon he, Johnson feels like the kind of player the Kings are going to have. Well, Keldon Johnson feels like like a young Harrison Barnes. Mm. I mean, that not as good of a shooter, but yeah, no, he's not as good a shooter, but uh, that's what he kind of feels like. Outside of that, um, uh, Sohan is is really really interesting to me. He's kind of one of those glue guys, those catalyst guys that mm-hmm. we talk about. I don't know if he if it's going to work there or he'll have to you know find a new spot to actually figure it all out. Yeah. And then the the guy that everybody I think loves to hate, which I, I think you even Please hate him it. as well. Oh, say it. Yeah, you Zach Collins. Ah, uh, just want a knuckle sandwich right in the chin. He uh he's going to come in though, and he's going to give Sabonis a little yeah, bit he of plays work. His ass off. He yeah, does. he does. He plays yeah. hard, and you know, a guy. He, he's a guy who struggled with injuries early in his career, and mm-hmm. he's kind of figured it out. I, I like their team. Um, I, I don't think that they're good, but I also like some of the guys that they've developed because we get to see these guys at the California Classic every year, mm-hmm. and I like the Malachi Branhams of the world. I like uh, Julian Champagne. Uh, I, I like Dominic Barlow. These are guys where you're like, hey, they may have some other things hiding there on the bench. That yeah. that if they don't work out there, that other teams would be like, hey, you know, they learn the Spurs way, which means they're smart basketball players. They know how to fit into a system, that kind of stuff. Uh, Marcus Morris is technically on their roster. Mm. But outside of that, the Spurs don't have a player. If we remove Marcus Morris from the conversation, they don't have a player born before 1995. Wow. That is crazy. That's hard to digest. Five. I don't even want to talk about that. That's a lot. That they are they are uh, a young up and coming team with uh, with a heck of a coach and Greg Popovich and maybe the the foundational building block that you would want if you're a team in the NBA right now with Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, I can almost assure if you polled all executive in in the NBA right now and said. Who is it that you would build a team around? It is Victor Wembanyama. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with you. Yep. All right, we got to hit a break. How do the Kings beat the Spurs? This 11 and 44 Spurs team. Mm. Uh, we'll talk about that and more coming up next on ESPN 1320. Now back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. So the Victor Wembanyama conversation led to a other NBA rookie conversation. Yeah. At the break, and if you want to hang out with us during the break, you can. YouTube.com/slash/ESPN1320, Twitch.tv/slash/ESPN1320. Uh, that is where we are live, and we hang out here through the breaks. So um, feel free to hop in there if you're looking for D'Lo and KC. They will be here at two o'clock. Uh, they had a prior engagement today. So they will be here two to four and then back on a normal schedule tomorrow where James and I 
will be 10 to noon and Debo and Casey will be noon to four. So thank you everybody for hanging out with us in here. We appreciate it very, very much. We were talking about rookies at the, at the break because we're talking about Victor woman and how good he's in the chat brought up Gigi Jackson for Mm -hmm. heck of a player. If you're not paying attention to Memphis, which like, I don't blame you, but pay a little bit of attention to, to Gigi Jackson. He can, he can hope man. He can hoop. He's all. He's super young. Like he just turned nineteen. Yeah. Like ju- like like in the last couple of months, turned nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, it was last month he turned nineteen. Uh, de- uh December. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. He's a two thousand four birth. A two thousand. Like oh my gosh, that's crazy. So uh, check this out. Their injury. This is why you're not watching Memphis and you're not seeing Memphis anywhere, and why Gigi Jack was having this opportunity. Bain is out with an ankle injury long term. Uh, Brandon is out with Achilles injury. Um, I'm going to skip the guys who are day to day and come back to them. Jake Lorena is out uh, with an ankle injury. Uh, John Morant out for the season. Scotty Pippen out with a back injury. Marcus Smart out long term. Uh, and then of that, we've got Jaron Jackson who's day to day, Kennard who's day to day, John Conkar's day to day, and Derek Rose who's day to day. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10 players on your injury report, including all five of your starters. It's just wild. So good for Gigi for getting an opportunity. I think this draft class is going to be pretty decent at the end of the day. I do too. Yeah. Especially once Colby Jones breaks through and is a perennial All-NBA guy. There it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gigi Jackson, as it pertains to the Kings, because I don't want to dive into Memphis Grizzlies talk, but he is the exact type of player that when we talk about the Kings building around this Sabonis, Murray, Fox core and how they do that without being able to just go sign free agents, um, finding a player like Gigi Jackson with the 45th overall pick is one of the ways you can do that. Yeah, and, and like to stay in that sort of line of thinking, Yeah, it's they have to find a way uh, with the first with the 28th pick in the 2020 NBA draft, the Los Angeles Lakers drafted Jaden McDaniels for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm. Like, that's what you have. You have to find a Herb Williams. You have to find a Jaden McDaniel. You yep. have to find a young and expense. Uh, yeah, sorry, Herb Jones. Uh, what did I say? Herb Williams. Oh, uh, Herb Williams. Yeah, great. Great. Uh, uh, yeah, great center for the Knicks. Um, yeah, you you have to find one of these guys late in the draft. Mm-hmm whether it's in the late first or the early second, in order to uh, to build this thing out. I, I agree with you. That's where you find your th- your straight 3 and D guys. Yep. But the, they're always young guys with potential that you have no idea. And sometimes they're flawed prospects. So, mm-hmm. like, again, Jaden McDaniels coming into the league, flawed prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there were a lot of people around the league who were like, whatever happened in Washington was not good. And we don't want, like, we're not going to go that way. Yeah. And and they avoided him. And but like if you're if you're a team like Minnesota, you take a gamble on a guy. It, it was a low risk gamble, a 28th pick. Then you have to put the time and the energy into that player. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I, I think the Kings are just at a different place, and they need to find these guys. But they also might need to go pay for one of them. If the Kings draft a player this year, they wind up having their own pick. Or if some deal happens on draft night where they pick a couple of times late. Mm-hmm. If they acquire, I'm going to say acquire, however they do it, a player who is 
below six feet six inches tall, I'm flipping the spread. If that player isn't six six and above and a heck of a defender, spread's going up. Yeah. I don't need a six four guard. I don't need any of that. I think though I need Kessler Edwards a bunch of times. They they need to do that a bunch of times and like yeah. sift through them and hope that one of them turns <laughs> out, right? Right. Yeah. But I also think the skill skill level of guys is good enough now that you should be able to do that and find a good player somewhere. Yeah, but I also think that finding a six foot two, six foot three, six foot four, you also needed that. So the fact that you have a Keon Ellis and you have a Colby Jones, it's not mm-hmm. working today. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe he'll uh, Keon will play, maybe he won't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colby is with the the G League squad, but you also need one of those guys to develop and be your backup point guard, or you need those guys to develop and potentially be a replacement in case for some reason you do lose Malik Monk this offseason. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is a lot of like team building is, isn't easy. And sometimes finding a guy in the mid second round or the early second round, mm-hmm. like if you're weighing two guys and you think one of them can actually make it to the NBA, but one of them happens to be six, eight with a huge wingspan and ah. you have no idea, like it's tough. Yeah. You, got, you have to like it. You, you've got to make difficult decisions. And I would say even like a guy like Colby Jones, He's got a lot of that that quality that I keep talking about that that catalyst type player quality. Just to knows him. how to play. He does. He just has a good feel for the game, mm-hmm. and he can f- like plug a lot of holes on a on a yeah. on a team. You know, mm-hmm. he he can play the one, he can play the two, he can play the three. He's a solid defender. He fights hard uh, through screens. He's he's a good shooter. He's a good passer. He's an excellent rebounder. He's a hustle player. Like all of these things, they they could translate into a player. Yeah. But you're gonna have to wait for it. You're gonna have to develop it. And whether that's happening or not, we'll have to we'll have to see. Uh, so there's two questions in the chatty house that I want to get to, or two things in the chatty house. Mondo said I had high hopes for Colby. Don't punt yet. No. Don't punt on Colby Jones just yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> wait till he gets a, a real opportunity. And then Gilbert. M asks, uh, and these guys will help more than the guys we currently have. Yes. Okay, well... I, I mean, if you find a player like Jaden McDaniels or like Herb Jones, then yes. Yes. That player will help more than Harrison Barnes. Or <laughs> Kevin Herter. Or, right. Like, there's, there's potential for them to help more. Correct. Right? Yes. And, and for the beginning stages of this of this build out, you need Kevin Herter. You need mm-hmm. an elite three point shooter alongside De'Aaron Fox. But again, De'Aaron Fox became a better three point shooter. Right. Uh, Sabonis became a better three point shooter. Mm-hmm. And you start to see like where you might need to change things up a little bit and go a different direction down the road. And that's not today, but certainly in the future, this team will look a lot different. Mm-hmm. And the other thing about finding players like this is they're cheap. Yes. So when you have huge. a $30 million De'Aaron Fox and a $36 million DeMontis bonus, and then you're going to have to pay Keegan Murray, and he's going to get up there as far as salary, and then Fox is going to hit the next contract, and you're looking at 50 to 60 like you have to find ways to plug in affordable players and to develop affordable players. Yeah. To to bring in guys are on a four-year deal as a like early second-round pick or a late first-round pick, that make league minimum or right around it, like Colby Jones is so cheap for the and so same with Keon Ellis, mm-hmm. they they make a million or a million five or a million eight 
like they at their peak will make like 2.3 million bucks. Mm -hmm. That's how you counterweight some of the bigger salaries that you have. And so, yes, these players do matter. It's just you have to sift through them like what we were talking about. You've got to draft multiple and hope that one or two of them develop into actual players. Why isn't Colby Jones playing more, do you think? Um, That's another question in the chat house, and I think it's a good one. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. But I think it's that the Kings believe that Keon Ellis is further along in his development, mm-hmm. that they were trying to at least keep up some value in in a guy like Davion Mitchell. They mm-hmm. had to test and see what they had in Chris Duarte because they like what he brings to the table, right? So there are these reasons why. And like this is it's his second round pick. Like, yeah, we hope that he can develop into something. Yeah, but as of right now, Colby's better served by playing thirty five minutes a game for the G League affiliate and learning how to play at that level. And then on top of that, people need to remember that Keon Ellis came into the NBA and could not could not be a lead ball handler at all. Mm-hmm. They worked with him. They had him be a lead guard uh, mm-hmm. at, at times for Stockton last year. Now, he's never going to be a true point guard, but what he can do is he can now bring the ball up where he couldn't last year. Yeah. And th- those are things that you're you're trying to build players, and it's the identity of the G League for me. If you can start building specific types of players, then you can be successful there. Sass brings up a, a player we haven't talked about, Sass, in the, in the chatty house. Um, mentioned Sasha Vizankov. Mm-hmm. And we've already discussed that he may or may not return this season as a grade three ankle sprain. That means he's reevaluated in four to six weeks, what that means for his timeline for return, TBD. Mm-hmm. So that's all. that Maybe he plays again this year, maybe he doesn't. But does he fit in long-term at all to you here? Like as a as the kind of player that we're talking about where you're going, hey, that is a difference maker that they did not have. I mean, maybe. My problem with him is, is number one, he's 28. Right, um, that's exactly. And, and you thought you were getting a, a player that would step in and actually be able to like function very quickly. Like He's a really good shooter, and he's really sneaky, and I like a lot of the things that Sasha does. But at the same time, he's sort of redundant with Trey Lyles. And that's a problem. Like you, I don't think you can play Sasha and Trey together for tremendous amounts of minutes. I haven't looked at what their two man splits are mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But like there, there comes a point where you can't have the same exact player out on the court. Just like your defensive liabilities and mm-hmm. you know, like l- the limitations of both players. Mm-hmm. Like one of them, you can deal with some of the limitations of one of them. You can't deal yeah. with the combined limitations of both. Yeah. And that's always going to be a problem for me. I think the fact that, and, and this is this is where I think my hang up with, with Sasha is, is what you just said about his age and that he's 28. Mm-hmm. And that to me means, okay, yeah, he might still be figuring out the NBA, but the ceiling is not much higher than where he's at. Yeah, I mean, the ceiling, he might be 11 points, 12 points a game, if he got a whole bunch of minutes and right. like the ceiling might be that. Right. But that's realistically it's Trey Lyle's ceiling as well. Yeah. And I I would way prefer what Trey Lyles gives the Kings. Yeah. I mean, I just think Trey Lyles is a bigger, stronger version. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I really like what Sasha can, can be, but I don't think like it's not, it, he doesn't project as a starter or anything. Yeah. 
No, and that's where that's where so much of this, like Keon Ellis, you talk about. Mm-hmm. Maybe he plays more over these next twenty eight games. I'm going to say in the second half. I'm just going to say in the second half. I mean the after the All-Star, stretch run. Maybe it's more Keon Ellis. And maybe it is more Alex Len instead of JaVale McGee. That's a conversation we've had on this yep. show. And maybe Sasha Vizankov does come back. But none of these, I don't I don't think anybody that we're talking about here for this season, and this goes back to kind of what I was saying at the beginning of the, of the show, where I feel good about where the Kings are at, despite the fact they've had their ups and downs. It's, it, you know there's a good team in there. We know there's a team that competes night in and night out in there. But I think that as we talk about potential fixes this year, it's just, I don't, Keon Ellis, he's a fine, fine, fine player, but that's not moving the needle that much for me. And neither is more Alex Len. Like these are little ways on the margins that the, that the Kings can get better. But there's not, I don't, I don't see on this roster this year, and this is something you mentioned earlier, and I don't think anybody has any delusions that, that this is a team that, yeah, hey, this year it's ready to win a title right now. But when we talk about in the second half, hey, how do they get better? How do they? It's like, I guess Alex Len, I guess Keon Ellis, I get. It's just all. Just. It's got to be the seven guys that play all the minutes mm-hmm. that take the step and that find themselves mm-hmm. and that move forward. And maybe, maybe it's the eighth if you want to count Davion Mitchell. Mm-hmm. If this this team is going to become competitive, like yeah. super competitive, and be a, a four or five seed going into the playoffs, and be a team that can actually perform in the playoffs, mm-hmm. it's going to be De'Aaron Fox. Yep. It's going to be that's it. the the guys that you that you count on. Yep, that's it. And they've got to be more, more, more of guys that you can count on in the second in in the stretch than they were before the All Star break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.